1: what is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy live podcast me your man mg Mark grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano and uh happy day before thanksgiving man
2: happy thanksgiving eve my friend and hopefully everybody out there Enjoys time with friends and family, uh, loads up on the tryptophan, and sort of <laughs> sits back on their couches and uh, watches a few football games. Are, are you cooking this year? I am. I always cook. I'm Italian, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. So what, yeah, you, I mean, we. Uh, you know, I love do, to cook. Do you have a specialty? Um. Yeah. Reading recipes off of. <laughs> 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 There's
1: nothing honestly, wrong with
2: that's that. That's it. Honestly, that's what I do. Like, I, I'm doing. I'm doing like a like a honey carrot glaze. I'm doing. Uh, obviously the bird, stovetop stuffing, which I don't care, is the best it's stuffing the best. on the it's planet. The it's great. It doesn't matter. It's, it's easy. Great. I put water and butter and I'm done. It's right. beautiful. It's great. Um, I make it a homemade apple pie. So... Um, yeah, got a few things I, going.
1: I I enjoy cooking. I just I, you know, I, and I tell people like people who seem intimidated by it, which I, I guess I sort of get. I'm like it's it's just following instructions. Yeah, exactly, it's just following directions. Like right. read the recipe, follow the directions. You don't have to be super gourmet. Not everybody you know has to be Gordon Ramsay or anything. Just, exactly, just follow the instructions. You'll be alright. Yeah. Uh, behind the glass, as always, is our faithful producer, senior
3: Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. What's up, Murph? Uh, that conversation you guys are having is pretty funny. Quick story, last year, I, first time ever, was was cooking. I've done the Friendsgiving thing or the uh, Thanksgiving away from home of mm-hmm. uh, the past, past few years being out in L.A. So last year, I was up in uh, Bakersfield with my girlfriend. was working in the early morning, was home by noon, so it was just me alone in the kitchen doing it all. And then, like, always what happens is you just fill up on, like, the drinks and the appetizers, and then when, yeah. by the time it comes for the turkey, and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and all that, we're just like, uh, we're good. So it was pretty, <laughs> I spent hours just like basting a turkey and doing the whole bird and nothing that Last me.
2: year, for the first time, I made homemade cranberry sauce. Because I'd yeah, always gotten can. it from the cans. The like, stuff in the
1: cans better. But it's so easy to make it though. That's yeah, fine. The stuff in the cans. I know, but I just want to say I made it by myself. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. did you, did you, Eddie, did you brine your turkey? I brined.
3: Yes. Yeah. The the one actually, did I brine? Yeah, I did. I did. I, yeah, because you put it in like salt, right? For yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So I did that overnight, and then uh, luckily I got one without the stuff inside, or there was like some left, like, that said none to of the, the, the giblets and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was just it was a whole process, and I. I ate like a few bites. It was so, it was devastating. Wait,
1: wait, wait. What is this now? You you put the bird... Br- brining it...
3: No, 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 I, admittedly, I had I've never done, never done this. this.
1: I had never done this until a couple of years ago and it was okay. Matt Money Smith that convinced me that I okay. should do it and he has a whole big recipe and every now and then and, and maybe if we hit him up on Twitter, he'll post it again. He'll post a recipe for how to brine your turkey on Twitter Okay. and basically, you let it sit overnight in a giant pot of, of heavily salted water right. Okay. Uh, and then it actually adds, you know, adds salt and adds adds flavor to it okay. and I, I did it one Year and I cooked the turkey and it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm texting him right now. So I, yeah, I
3: think that's something for people to do who do the oven roasted because mm-hmm. if you deep fry, which I've done a, a lot, which is also great. Oh, uh, deep frying is the it'll best. change your life. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like the best thing. Back out east you used to do that. Put that uh, the bird in the pot and you just like smell the oil like coming off uh out of the pot and, and it's like freezing cold outside. And all the men just it's like stand in a circle around the mm-hmm. this like scorching hot pot. I mean, it's it's awesome.
1: Right, and as long as you don't burn your house down, it's great. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's always a good thing. No frozen turkeys. No frozen turkeys. Don't burn your house down. Uh, Well, plenty to talk about. Of course, we are here a day early because Thanksgiving holiday is coming, but uh, we still got plenty to talk about. We will go through all of the week 12 games, including the three that are happening on Thursday. Of course, Eddie will have his delirious pick, and uh, we'll give you little things that we're thankful for uh, this year. But first, let's do some news. through the news. Well, we'll flash back to Monday night. Of course, there was that score festival they had at the L.A. Coliseum between the Chiefs and the Rams. And I know for a lot of people who had Todd Gurley, they felt kind of left out of the party because everybody got involved. And Gurley was sort of, you know, not really as much of the game as people would have expected. Well, we got some news on perhaps why he was limited by an ankle injury in that victory. Though things appear to not be serious. Uh, so, yeah, it was frustrating. We kind of get it. What he has a week off now. I think everything's mm-hmm. everything's fine, right?
2: Yeah, but now here's the question because this is the time of year when you want to handcuff your running backs. Like right. I've I've got Rod Smith, where I have Zeke. I've got Jalen Samuels, where I have Connor. Which one of the running backs is the handcuff for Gurley if you decide to go in that direction? Is it Malcolm Brown? Or is it Kelly? Like, Brown's the one who's been getting the yeah. touches behind I would Gurley, th- but...
1: I would think it's Malcolm Brown. I mean, he was the guy that we saw a lot on Monday night when Gurley was kind of sitting on the sidelines. So I think I think it's going to be Malcolm Brown, that the guy you want. Although I will say this, in the preseason, John Kelly looked great. He did. Uh, looked he looked really good. Like, none of the starters obviously played in the preseason, so we saw a lot of him, but John Kelly looked really, really good.
2: I just went to the, uh, the website, hoping to look at the Rams' official depth chart, mm-hmm. typed in rams.com. It's not the ram. No,
1: it's, it's, it's the ram. A
2: ram is a male sheep.
1: That's what I got. All right. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, um other news uh, for tomorrow for thursday uh mitchell trubisky is doubtful against the lions with a shoulder injury it looks more and more like chase daniel is going to be the starter there we'll talk a little bit about the bears and the lions coming up but uh that's definitely one to keep an eye on if mitch trubisky does not play uh you know it, it, i don't know that it was a great matchup but he's been playing well so maybe it was one you would have considered uh, anyway uh, the Bucs placed O.J. Howard on injured reserve, so that means we're, we're all aboard the brake train now, right? Well, I mean, I picked him up, and I'm going to start him this week because the
2: matchup is favorable. You you could see a lot of points going on there. Right. Tampa Bay against the 49ers. And people also, you know, you forget because it hasn't happened this season, but, I mean, Cam Bray was a very popular red zone target for yep. Winston, and Winston's back starting for the Buccaneers, and... um. The tight end position, being what it is, and you just lose O.J. Howard, I think Brait is a is a very solid replacement.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought even earlier in the year that somehow they could coexist O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. It didn't quite happen, but the Bucks do use their tight ends a lot, yeah. so I think this is a good a good job. You know who
2: I like there. in that game just real quick is yeah. Adam Humphries. He has been. I sne- would watch out for him. Yeah, man. He's been sneaky this. Year, yeah, definitely. Yep.
1: yep. Uh, to the other news, um, the Vikings. Say they want to run the ball more. Mike Zimmer saying the Vikings need to stick to the run more. So this should make you feel better, right? If you have Dalvin Cook, this should be exciting if you have Dalvin Cook. Well, you have Dalvin Cook. I do have Dalvin Cook, so I'm excited.
2: And the matchup is great. I mean, the Packers have given up, what, almost 30 fantasy points a game to running backs on the road. Uh, Running backs are averaging almost five yards per rush against them over the last four games. So this should be a get-right game for Dalvin Cook. And if it's not, then it's time to be concerned.
1: It can't it can't really be any worse than it was last week. No, that was bad. You got you negative 1 point. Yeah. So it, that, I don't that's not I don't think it could be any worse than it was last week. So there you go. That's uh, pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> But that was the news. All right. It is the week 12 preview. And, man, week 12. the the season, I know, dude. The season is, like, officially a preteen now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a preteen. It is 12 weeks old. So uh, let's start with the Thursday games. Bears at the Lions. Talked about Mitch Trubisky looking doubtful, lo- looking like he's likely not going to play. So if Chase Daniel is indeed the starter, how much does that change how you feel about the Bears' offense on this?
2: So – you would expect that the Bears would look to run Joho a little bit more right. with Trubisky out, so maybe it elevates him a little bit. But he's been so hard to trust. Even a couple of weeks ago against the Lions, one of the worst run defenses in the league, and he gave you an absolute stink bomb. I really like uh, Tariq Cohen in this game, uh, both as a runner and more as a receiver—a guy who could maybe catch some passes in space, especially with Daniel under center there, maybe throwing a few dump offs to him. But and and Matt Money Smith said this. On, on the TV show earlier in the week, and I agree with him, there's not a Bears player that you can trust to produce every single week except for their defense. Not
1: at all. No, and, it's, it's and, hard.
2: And Trubisky has had a couple of bad stat lines over his last three games. Before that, he was tremendous. But... Allen Robinson is is not someone I'm starting this week. I get it. He had a great game against the Lions 2 weeks ago, but Slay was out. He's back. I don't want Allen Robinson. I don't want Taylor Gabriel. Maybe Anthony Miller's a sleeper because the Lions right. kind of struggle against slot receivers if you're if you're hurting. Trey Burton maybe because the tight end position so thin, you're going to utilize him. But you never go into the game thinking, "Man, I am so confident in this Chicago Bears <laughs> offensive player that I'm putting him in my lineup and I am forgetting about
1: it." Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is that you know it's weird because Mitch Trubisky has actually been pretty good over the last few weeks, but they're spreading the ball around so much that there's no pass catcher that you can count on consistently. Jordan Howard has underwhelmed this year. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. I just, you know, even even if Trubisky were to play, you know, he's a guy that you would consider starting, but there's just nobody else around there that, that you'd look at. By the way, Money just texted me that uh, that recipe. For the brining? Oh, I'm in. Go for it. If, I'm in. I, 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 I am in. I fully recommend it. Two sticks of butter are involved? I fully recommend it. That sounds good. To me, man. It was uh, it was it was phenomenal the Yeah, year, buddy. Did it. Okay. Uh any lions you trust beyond Kenny Galladay? Like he's the guy that's <laughs> definitely gonna be there, but anybody else that you really are excited about against this Bears defense? So Carrion Johnson's out. Right.
2: So you're gonna get a three headed monster that includes Laguerre Blunt, mm-hmm. Zach Zenner, right, Theo Riddick. Yep. <laughs> 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 I mean, I guess maybe Riddick maybe and PPR, Riddick. I don't know. Um and Stafford right now is unstartable. He's unstartable. Um, no, I guess the answer. I'm not starting their <laughs> kicker. I'm not starting their defense, even with a backup quarterback there under center. No. Yeah. I, I'm, with carry on out, Galladay's had two big games in a row. He made a couple of catches last week. He did make a That just makes you salivate if you're a fantasy owner for the future and for the rest of this season. But no, it, it's, 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 it's KG and that's it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's. Man, this it's it's so funny because this, this Lions offense in the past, it's sort of been a nice place to go to get fantasy production, right? Matthew Stafford had always sort of been one of those fringe QB ones. You, yep. you had when the Golden Tate was there, you had Marvin Jones there, even Kenny Galladay. Like this year, it it just has not been the yeah. case this year. And
2: Marvin Jones is also out, so um, you're going to need a replacement, which is why we like Galladay so much because the targets.
1: There you go. Uh, all right, your beloved Cowboys are oh. at home. The, uh, the eternal rival with Washington coming in. Mm-hmm. Is Jordan Reed back? I don't know. I,
2: I just got off of doing a segment on uh, NFL Total Access, and I made a joke to Lindsey Rhodes, and I said, you know, the Redskins' offense this season, everyone's gotten hurt, except for it's, the guy that's always hurt. That's really. Jordan Reed. It's true. 20-plus points last week. Uh, Cowboys have struggled against tight ends over the last four weeks, although it was that one big game by Zach Ertz that really made the yep. Cowboys' defense look bad. But with that being said, with the Redskins down so many wide receivers, maybe Colt McCoy is a guy who likes to throw the football in Jordan Reed's direction a little bit more than Alex Smith did although that was a surprise to me that that he didn't throw it to him more based on his tendencies in the past to get the tight end involved but with that being said Reed's in my top 8 this week
1: well you know the other weird part though and I went back and looked at at the kind of the game log from Sunday is that yeah he Reed scored the touchdown from Colt McCoy, uh-huh. but oddly enough, for whatever reason, Alex Smith actually had targeted him targeted him a lot. I think he had eight targets from Alex Smith in the first half, uh, or at least early in the game before Smith got hurt. Right, which was out of the ordinary. So I don't know if they figured something out. I don't know if it's because there are so many other guys who are hurt and not available that suddenly Alex Smith is like, hey, maybe I'll throw it to this Jordan Reed guy. Like I don't know. So maybe, but maybe there's something happening in this offense Mm -hmm. where they're starting to get him more involved. I whatever. I'm all for it. Like we need more tight ends. We need more productive tight ends. So I am totally all for it if they want to get Jordan Reed involved. Right. Um can you go back to Amari Cooper this week? He 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 made his debut, had a yep. nice game, then you scored the touchdown that mm-hmm. first week. Uh didn't score a touchdown the second week, but hadn't with like 78 yards, I believe it was, a number of catches, then kind of fell apart in the third week. Can you go back to him this week?
2: He's a flex starter for me or or a three, yeah, likely to, to line up at least occasionally against Josh Norman, which is never really a great scenario for a wide receiver, even now. So to me, he's a risk. Re- There's a lot of risk reward Cowboys in this game,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like Coop, like Dak. Uh, he, you know, Dak gave you a stinker last week, but in two of his previous three games, he had given you 20 plus. So but see, this is a game like uh, as a as a diehard Cowboys fan. I know that when the Cowboys get going and when they get you excited, that's when they drop you off the cliff. <laughs> so I, I'm. I'm not saying we're going to lose to the Redskins, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was a very close game because it's a divisional game and it would be just like the Jason Garrett Cowboys to come in to the Jerry dome after two huge wins. No one expected us to win those two games, including me and, and play a team with a backup quarterback and lose, or at least make it more interesting than it should be. So, uh, you know, Dak is a QB two for me. I, a coop is a flex Zeke is a must start, obviously. Um, and on the Redskin side, There's not a lot to like, really, outside of Jordan Reed. I mean, Adrian Peterson scored twice. He had two touchdown runs inside the seven-yard line of the opposition. Other than that, he was averaging three and a half yards a carry. He's averaged fewer than four yards a carry in his last three games. The offensive line still has issues. You would think the Cowboys are going to stack the box to stop him because with Colt McCoy under center, it's not like this offense is going deep, and really they don't have any wide receivers to go deep with. They're so banged up at that position. So Peterson's not someone that I would start this week either if I had depth. In fact... I might consider starting good old Gus Edwards over
1: Adrian Peterson this Ooh. week. I might think about it. Ooh. I mean, I guess, you know, Gus playing the Raiders. Uh, right. It's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I- I looked at it, and I guess if there's anybody on that offense, it's Adrian Peterson simply because of volume. Volume. But everything about it, I mean, you know, it's you you talk about the injuries, Colt McCoy starting, short week, on the road, in the division. Like, everything points to this just being awful for Washington, which suggests that they're going to go out and drop, like, 35
2: points. Probably. But on paper, too, the Cowboys' defense is a nice play. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Colt McCoy, I mean, he hasn't started a game since 2014. And in his starts at the NFL level— He's been sacked an average of almost three times a game, so
1: which is sort of weird because he's kind of mobile. But yeah, you right. Know. You would think the opposite would be true. <laughs> <He's kind laughs> so of you mobile. know, Demarcus Lawrence is looking at that and saying, oh, man." So yeah, I'm I, gonna eat. I definitely think the Cowboys are a, a Cowboys defense is a really good play this yeah. week. Uh, Falcons at Saints. Okay, so last week the Falcons kind of got shut down a little bit by by the Cowboys defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints defense went out and locked down on the Eagles. So does that mean we should be worried about Atlanta again this week? No,
2: year? I don't think so. I okay. think this is a high-scoring affair. Um, it, it was earlier in the season; they played, I believe, back in Week Three, and like everyone ate. And the big, the big star in that game for Atlanta was Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. I think that was his forty-point game. So. I'm not promising you're near 40 again, right. but if he did it in week three, there's no reason why he can't at least give you 15 in this game uh, against a defense that's been looking better in recent weeks, but when Atlanta and New Orleans get together, typically you're going to see a lot of points scored, so you want to get shares of Falcons and Saints going on in your lineup this week, and uh, Calvin Ridley is certainly one of those guys. Uh, even Tevin Coleman, who I mean, hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, despite some good matchups, he's kind of been blah, But because of the potential for this to be a high-scoring game there's few players that, that I would be sitting uh, from either one of these teams who are fantasy relevant.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, because on paper, this is not a great matchup. The Saints' run defense has been pretty good all year long. Uh, their pass defense has had its issues. But yeah. even still, I, I would still roll with Tevin Coleman. Um, I would beware of Edo Smith. He had a couple of really nice weeks yep. early in the season, but he has sort of, uh, as Mike Tyson would say, faded into Bolivian. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would kind of avoid him. You would also
2: think, too, Atlanta is going to be playing from behind in the second possibly, half. so. Yeah, should be a lot of points scored. Though. I mean, the I think what is it? The, the Saints have scored like forty-five or more in three straight games. It's crazy because like they're after what happened on Monday night with the Rams and the Chiefs. Like the Saints are the forgotten team, right? They beat the Rams already. Yep. So. Boy, I mean, and Drew Brees is playing like some of the best football of his career. Yep. Like, I'll tell you. And, and uh, you know, just like Dave Dameshek likes to say, when I wrong, I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. I say that I'm wrong. <laughs> and I said to trade Drew Brees a few weeks ago. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But anymore. I did say with the caveat that, you know, <laughs> if you have Mahomes or if you have another stud, you should trade Brees. But he has been so much better than I thought he would be. Because last year, when you have Alan Kamara and you have Mark Ingram in the offense, Brees' yards, his pass attempts all dropped. This season, that whole offense is just eating.
1: It is. You know, I, I do wonder how much of it, though, also has to do with the fact that at least earlier in the season, the all, the defense was bad. It right. sort of had yep. to, to yep. throw the ball to keep up, yep. um, but he's been lights out, without a doubt.
2: And uh, keep in mind, Traquan was limited in practice today. So if Traquan gets an active tag tomorrow, he's a fine flex or three in what should be a high-scoring affair, but keep tabs on his status because he has been a little bit banged up. All right.
1: Uh, so basically, I think you answered the question. There, there there, are no Saints that you'd consider sitting this week, right? Uh, Except maybe the defense. Fantasy-relevant
2: Saints. Yeah, and their defense has been good lately. It has been good lately. But no, I, 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 I wouldn't play them. This I would
1: game. say this. They're, they've been good. I think three of their last four games, they've had, I think, nine or more fantasy right, points. Right, right. They had 15 last week. Right. Except that, the three games like they're they were against offenses that haven't played great this year I think mm-hmm. it's like the Vikings who struggled the Eagles defense hasn't been great there's one more like the one D the one offense that they played that was really good was the Rams and I think they got negative one fantasy mm-hmm. points. so uh just something to keep in mind for that one uh Browns at Bengals do you stream Baker Mayfield this week
2: yeah I like him I do uh Bengal's defense is I mean it's a home game but Bengal's defense I mean you can beat that team mm-hmm. you can beat that team and Baker's been good like He's not giving you like monstrous performances, although he did in the week before the bye. He had 20-plus. It was a, a career high. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Baker in this game. There's a lot of Browns I like in this game. I like Nick Chubb a lot in this game. I, the, the Bengals' defense against the run has been dreadful. Right. I mean, absolutely dreadful. And we saw that when they played the Saints, and both Kamara and Ingram had over 20 fantasy points. So uh, Nick Nick Chubb, I mean he's as close to a must start as you can get for a guy who's not considered an elite fantasy player. And, you know, Marcus, I even like Jarvis Landry a little bit.
1: It's been a long time since you've said that. A little bit. It's been a few weeks since we've said that. Uh,
2: it's because, you know, Cincinnati struggled against slot receivers this season. So I-, I didn't say I love him, but I mean, you know, if you're in a PPR league, you're going to start him in your lineup.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, do you trust Andy Dalton without AJ? Now, I know there's there's, you know, talking the last day or so that AJ Green could come back that you know Marvin Lewis is saying he expects him to play but you know we'll wait until we get closer in a week to figure that out if AJ Green doesn't play would you trust Andy Dalton against in a matchup that on paper looks pretty positive
2: yeah i know i just wouldn't though because i mean dude what did he, i mean the Saints matchup looked great
1: and he that was didn't work terrible. out at all
2: <laughs> so uh, so i'll give you i'll give you a few quarterbacks i would start over Dalton this week it would Mayfield for sure mm-hmm. I'd seriously think about Nick Mullins. Okay. And I would definitely start Lamar Jackson over him. Okay. So. All right. And those guys could end up being on the waiver wire in some leagues if they're non-competitive. So. I
1: would definitely think, you know, Nick Mullins is probably out there. Mayfield might be, too, coming off a right. of bye. So, who knows? Uh, speaking of Nick Mullins, Niners at Buccaneers. So, I, I I guess that answers the question. You would stream Nick Mullins, potentially, this week.
2: Bucks. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. So, like, this could end up being a high-scoring game. And the Niners could fall behind in this contest. Jameis Winston in that offense are going to put up points. I mean, he's going to turn the ball over as well. Hopefully not too much, but there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And we've talked about the Buccaneers defense. I mean, over and over and over again, as a defense, you want to target in your fantasy matchup. So I'm not, I don't have Nick Mullins in my top 10, right? I don't have Nick Mullins in my top 15, but if I'm in a two QB league, a super flex league, or I have a couple of quarterbacks uh, who are, who are not reliable, like an Andy Dalton, for example. Like an Eli Manning, for example. Like a Matthew Stafford, I'd roll with them.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, look. I definitely in a two QB league. I'm starting Nick Mullins. Uh, a super deep league. Maybe I give him a look. Uh. Okay. So Jameis is back starting again. He yep. is the starter for the the Bucks. Do you trust him against the 49ers? I
2: do. I like him actually. I have him in my top ten. Wow. So I I feel like I feel like in the game. After he replaced Fitzpatrick and played so well that Dirk Cutter is going to give him a little bit of, of of a leash. He's not going to pull him in this contest unless unless something happens and he gets hurt. But I think Winston's I play him with confidence against this defense. And we all know the Niners, they're giving up like 300 passing yards a game on the road. They're giving up 23 fantasy points a game uh, to the position away from San Francisco. So. I like Winston. I, I, I There's a lot of bucks I like. I mean, Evans is clearly a must start. You know, We talked to Cameron Brate is a guy you can play. Um, I, mean, I don't know about Deshaun Jackson so much. He, he's, he's more of an uneven play this week. But I like Winston. I, I do. And, you know, we talked about it on the pod on Monday. Like, if you combined Fitzpatrick and Winston's fantasy point totals this season... Like they're they're like top five,
1: right? Which but so, it, it also tells you how great like Drew Brees has been because it takes two guys to. Yes, to, that's what this he's is trying. true. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So sneaky question: Would you would you consider Peyton Barber at all? Like he's his yards per carry average has been pretty good over the last month or so. Yep. Um... His problem has been game script because the Bucks tend to fall behind and yep. they can't really run the football. But this is a game where I don't know the game script necessarily comes into play. I don't necessarily think the, the Niners are going to run out and hide and get a big lead over Tampa. They're not that great of an offense. Yep. This could be a game where Peyton Barber actually has some value. Yeah,
2: he's in the flex starter conversation for sure. What, what just drives you nuts about him is that he's so inconsistent. Yep. So you look at his numbers. They had a buy in week five. He put up 20 against Atlanta. Then in a close game against the Browns, 3. Then he goes for 14 against the Bengals in a close game, following week Carolina 6, then 7.6 against the Redskins. Bleh. And then last <laughs> week, he rolls, you know, he rolls over the Giants like he's James Wilder. So, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know who James Wilder Google is, it. look it up, Google it. Maybe the best Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back of all time. But I say he's a flex option, but he's a risk reward flex option.
1: All yeah, right. I mean, it's funny because, like, all year long it just felt like the Bucks were trying to give the job to somebody else, and Peyton Barber just keeps hanging around.
2: I know. I know. And, hey, uh, on the other side, Matt Breda. Well, he's a start. He's a really good start. This he's week. a start. I yeah, mean, he's know. a really good start this week. Yep.
1: At this point, like Matt Breida is just—he's indestructible. He's now he's had a buy to get even healthier, so he's—he's <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> definitely a start. Uh, Jags at Bills. I was like racking my brain to come up with questions about this and I Fournette. All I come up with, i mean, I, I, he's I a must start now. Yes, because he gets the ball a lot. Yeah, it's it's a so-so matchup. B- Bills kind of middle of the road uh, on paper defensively against the run. Um, but other than that. Besides Fournette, do you just start both defenses and just call it a day? Well, uh, if you're deep... terrible quarterback.
2: If you're deep at running back, I'd be definitely trying to keep LaShawn McCoy on my bench. And this is why, you know, I've talked about selling high on him because he's coming off a big game against the Jets where their defense didn't show up. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's been a highly unreliable fantasy option. He's having his worst season in maybe forever, statistically. And when you look at the Jaguars... I mean, I, this is this is a team number one that's allowed the second fewest fantasy points to running backs since week eight. And then you look at McCoy uh, among running backs who have seen at least eighty carries. This guy has seen the third most loaded boxes, and why? Because their quarterbacks stink. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen's on on track to come back this week. So not only does that keep me from starting McCoy if I have depth in my backfield, but oh boy. Oh, Murph, the Jacks' defense, baby. Light them up. Light them up because they have been bad most of the season. This is a week to start them.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, it's funny, too, because they just have not, you know, they haven't haven't had a lot of turnovers. They haven't gotten the the sacks like they did last year. They're like 23rd or something Something in fantasy points among defenses, but I'd fire them up this week. They are not, they have not been great this year. Uh, Raiders at the Ravens. I was trying to think of a Raider that I would consider starting this week. And I mean, maybe Jared Jayden Richard, Jared maybe, Cook, maybe. J- I mean, I was really drawing a blank over. There's no one that I could say like just definitively. Like, yep, I would start that guy for sure. It you just, know why? It's bad, cause Raiders. They're, they're bad. Yeah,
2: Raiders. It's just uh, bad. But. So, and Doug Martin got banged up, so Jalen Rashard is in the PPR conversation, clearly. Um, keep tabs on Martin's status, because if he can't play, DeAndre he missed part Washington. of his game uh, with, with the ankle. You know, Rashard is going to continue to see that same role, and then you'll see Washington in there, which isn't any great shakes if you're a fantasy owner. But Baltimore, there's some interesting players. Now, this could go sideways, which fantasy football sometimes it, it does. tends to do. But... This offense ran the ball 74% of the time last week. Yeah, Lamar Jackson had 19 pass attempts, which means you can eliminate anybody who catches passes in Baltimore. He John had more Brown,
1: rush attempts Michael than Crabtree.
2: Right. <laughs> I, I mean, anybody. You can't play him even against the Raiders. You can't play him, and and one of the bigger questions that hopefully we'll have answered this week, uh, in in terms of in terms of what we we need to know as fantasy analysts is, was Gus Edwards a one week wonder or is this the real deal? And this now becomes the featured back for the Baltimore Ravens, because. I've seen Alex Collins cut in some leagues, believe it or not, after yeah. what happened last week. That seems premature to me. The Raiders are, I know, the Raiders are bad against the run, so, and here's the thing, Gus Edwards is not going to get targeted in the passing game. This no. guy does not catch the ball. Mm-mm. So, he has got to get 15 to 18 carries in this contest, and maybe he will, to 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 be productive. I have him in that flex starter range, but the, he's risk-reward, because... No one would be shocked if, like Alex Collins, ended up splitting carries with him this week, or they used more time Montgomery. I mean, th- they they used like fifty running backs in that game last week, and their quarterback ran the ball twenty seven times.
1: Right? Yeah. I, you know, the other part of it is John Harbaugh hasn't really committed like you know he said earlier in the week there's a chance that joe flacco could be back this week um you know i I think we were all sitting here hoping that it's lamar jackson for another week but john harbaugh doesn't seem to want to just you know commit one way or another which really throws a wrench in everything i mean if joe if joe flacco is in then suddenly your wide receivers are back in play there's just so much that that you know we still need to figure out and i guess we still have a couple more days the good thing is this is wednesday yeah instead of thursday or friday Mm -hmm. so that's that's the upside uh, Seahawks at the Panthers. Doug Baldwin says he has felt that he feels as healthy as he has in a long time. So is this good news? Can we say Doug Baldwin is back now?
2: Is he back to being the guy who is a top 10 fantasy receiver? I mean, I, I don't see that. The The Seahawks are still a, a, an offense that wants to run the football. And we saw last week that Chris Carson is still going to be their featured back. I have him ranked as a flex slash wide receiver two, three, somewhere in that area against the Carolina Panthers. But let's not kid ourselves. The best wide receiver in Seattle from a fantasy perspective is Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue to be Tyler Lockett. This is a guy like he's not giving you 20 a game, but he's failed to score double digit points in PPR leagues once. Right. That's it. Yep. That's it. And I would think this should be a pretty entertaining affair here. Uh, two teams that, that that certainly need to win. So, um, Especially the Panthers. I mean, boy, you're coming off of getting beat by the Lions. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's
1: no bueno. That's,
2: yeah, that is no bueno. So, should be some points scored in that game. Um, I'm fading both of the defenses. Uh, I like both of the quarterbacks. Obviously, Cam Newton is a must start. And on Seattle's side, I think Chris Carson is a sneaky play this week. What do you do with Devin Funches right now? Well, he's banged up. So he didn't practice today. Oh, there you go. And that's Wednesday. So, I I mean, you don't wish injuries on anyone. If he doesn't play this week, that makes things so much easier to start DJ Moore. And it suddenly brings Curtis Samuel into that flex starter picture. Um, But, I mean, you said it on TV this week. Who's the number one wide receiver in Carolina when it comes to fantasy production?
1: Right now, it's DJ Moore. It's DJ Moore. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's just... It's kind of things have gone sideways for Devin Funches uh, mm-hmm. after after what we saw earlier in the year. Patriots at the Jets. How many quarterbacks would you start over Tom Brady this week?
2: Ooh, spicy! You know, it, it was interesting to see some of the guys on the show suggest that Tom Brady should be traded before the deadline in mm-hmm. fantasy leagues, and. You know, I, I've done my rankings and I, I've got sort of the obvious guys ranked ahead of Tom Brady. You know, obviously, Drew Brees is going to be up there. You know, Cam Newton's going to be up there. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to be out there. Andrew Luck. I think I have four guys maybe ahead of them. OK. Um, and and it's only Wednesday, so things might change. But I have them right in there with like Rodgers,
1: Wentz, uh, Cousins in that area. I mean, just because. Like, I think you know, there was a time when we were afraid to talk about the sort of thing out loud about Tom Brady and kind of like whispering like, Hey, what do we do with him? Like mm-hmm. now I think it's like, it's, it's not quite as taboo to talk about it anymore. I mean, he's the QB 14 coming into the week. He hasn't had a lot of those like huge blow up games mm-hmm. so far this year. And it's just like, I think, I think now people are willing to kind of say out loud that like, Hey, maybe, maybe Tom Brady's just not the guy that, uh, you know, I mean, he's 41 years old at, Father time comes for us all. I mean yep. except for Frank Gore, because yeah, he's going to let let, go Let's
2: out. see if Gronkowski comes back too. He's been practicing on a limited basis this week. So it'd be it would be good for, for Brady, clearly. And you have some questions in New England that need to be answered. Uh number one, is, is Brady gonna turn back into Brady? Number two, is Gronkowski ever going to get back on the field? And number three, which Sony Michelle do we see? Yeah. Because before he went down with that knee injury, he was great. He was amazing. He was an R B one. Mm-hmm. And in the game before the bye, I mean, he didn't get a ton of touches, but he didn't do much with the touches he had. And a lot of people out there, including myself in a couple of leagues, are really hoping that Sonny Michel can sort of uh, resurrect his fantasy value because what we saw before the bye was, uh, well, less than stellar.
1: Right. So well, that's we want to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many Jets or are there any Jets you can trust this week? I'm trying to count. Not many.
2: If you need a sleeper, (laughs) if you need a sleeper from this game, it would be Elijah McGuire. Okay. because he is out snapped. um, Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell. Crowell's had more touches in the last couple of games, but McGuire's had more snaps. Uh, The Jets wide receivers are banged up. Robbie Anderson's banged up. Quincy Anunua could be back this week. And um, Josh McCown is projected to be the starter again. All of that means one thing for me i'm starting the patriots defense
1: yeah definitely the patriots defense are, are worth a start i mean you know I, I, the jets i know they've had the bye they've had the time to sort of try and get ready but i mean let's be real that offense has been bad sam Darnold has been a turnover machine this yep. year so i i would definitely fire up the, the patriots defense bill
2: belichick don't need an extra week to prepare for josh mccown
1: either yeah maybe chris
2: herndon in this game but i mean
1: that's it yeah there's not that's, much. that's not it. for the jets um giants at eagles so I know there's been some some kind of chatter that maybe Eli still has something left because he's had a couple of nice games in a row. Like, is he really back, or did he just play the Niners and Buccaneers in back-to-back weeks?
2: But I mean, now you can you can maybe suggest, well, the after Eagles this defense, week, they're all, they're a they're,
1: mess. They're not good.
2: Injuries have decimated this defense. Like, I mean, I get it. Like the Saints' offense is ridiculous, but maybe maybe getting their their butts whipped like that sort of gave him a gave him a kick in the rear uh and and malcolm jenkins came out and said so much that you know it was an embarrassment yeah they're the super bowl champions and they got embarrassed by the saints so i don't know if i trust eli as anything more than a qb2 flex and a a super flex um there's too many good quarterbacks out there for me to go out and say that eli manning's a good play um but with that being said the Eagles'
1: defense has been giving it up lately. They really have. Well, and the thing about Eli is that he's had some decent fantasy games, but the yardage really hasn't been there. Um, last week he was super efficient. He was 17, 17 of 18, 18, three touchdowns. 231, In the week before that he had 188 yards. The, the good news is that the last two weeks uh, I combined five touchdowns and no interceptions, but, I mean, it's Eli Manning. The no interception thing doesn't really last for long with him, and if he's not putting up big yardage, those interceptions hurt a whole lot more. Yep.
2: Yeah, no doubt. So he's 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 a guy. I mean, earlier this season, uh, I think it was like week six. I don't know that Eli had like even double digits against them. I remember he had a bad game against them. So, right. Yeah. But the Eagles are all banged up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Eagles. Okay, Zach Ertz, we, we know he's going to be fine, even though I know last week wasn't great, but I'm not worried about Zach Ertz long-term. But which of their wide receivers can you trust? Alshon Jeffrey has been inconsistent. Yep. Uh, you know, Golden Tate has yet to really make a huge impact. He had a decent game last week. They... They still throw it to Nelson Aguilar every once in a while. Like Jordan Matthews gets targets. There's just I I can't find one Eagles receiver to just zero in on. Right? If
2: there's one, it's Jeffrey. The rapport is there uh, with Carson Wentz. I don't trust Golden Tate. And he actually led the Eagles in targets, catches and yards last season uh, last week. And he still scored like nine points in PPR, which is bad. The Giants have given up the fewest points and they haven't given up a touchdown to a slot receiver all season long. So, uh, Eddie, as bad as, you know, the Giants defense has been at times this season, slot receivers don't find much success against them. I'm fading Golden Tate. This is what I was worried about when that trade happened was that Tate was going to kind of get eaten up in the number of miles to feed in this offense. And now you have another one in, in Josh Adams who looked really good last week. So Tate's a fade for me. I think the only receiver in Philadelphia that I would play, not maybe with confidence, is Alshon.
1: Yeah. I mean, see, Alshon's the guy that I, I suggested trading away. Just because, one, there's the inconsistency there, but he's mm-hmm. the guy that has had the best production. I think he's the easiest guy if you're trying to sell somebody on a trade for an Eagles wide receiver. Yep. I think he's the easiest one. I think everybody else, you really have to do a hard sell to like, convince somebody that, hey, you know, Golden Tate, here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there you go. Uh, Cardinals at Chargers. The Charger secondary the last few weeks has not been great. The, the numbers against them have been really encouraging if you have an offensive player, but... Do you believe enough in Arizona's passing game to consider starting? I mean, Josh Rosen is is not a thing, but no, I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald had two touchdowns. He also had two catches, two catches. Uh, Christian Kirk had some decent numbers, not great. I mean, is there anybody you believe in enough that you would for real start them this week?
2: Uh, in their pass attack?
1: Yes. I don't even David Johnson. We know.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't even like Fitzgerald this week, and I liked him last week. And luckily, he saved my bacon because <laughs> he did score two touchdowns and. I just I wouldn't play them. The Chargers have been really tough on slot receivers. I think they've given up. Uh, I think it's the third fewest fantasy points, uh, the fifth fewest yards, only two touchdowns to slot receivers. You know, Josh Rosen is a young quarterback. He's got plenty of upside, but he's making a lot of mistakes right now. So that is a that is a, a wide receiver that I would fade. Now, if you want to flip that to the Chargers side now, River's. Burned me last week. I didn't love the matchup. Traditionally, he hadn't been good at home against the Broncos, and he had 20, had two picks, but he had 20 points. But I was digging up for some stats uh, for start sit Insidio, Marcus, this week, and I-, I was very surprised to see that not only have the Cardinals allowed the second fewest points to quarterbacks this season, mm-hmm. but the only quarterback to finish better than 18th against them this year was Patrick Mahomes, and he only finished 13th. It's kind of wild. So part of it is teams are running the ball down Arizona's throat. Mm-hmm. And so their quarterbacks don't need to do a heck of a lot. And I wonder if game script is going to not favor Rivers and clearly favor Melvin Gordon, maybe Austin Eckler, although he's been kind of yeah, uneven kind of, in the last few weeks. Yeah. And I have Rivers as a beware. I guess he's in the sit portion of the column this week, but it's kind of a beware because the Cardinals defense against the pass, you know, whatever the reason – has been tough against quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't know that I, I mean, I guess it depends on who else I might have on my roster. I would have a hard time sitting uh, Phillip Rivers, but yeah, I get it. I totally, I totally get that. Um, so Dolphins and Colts, Ryan Tannehill is expected to come back this week after having an extended absence. Does it change anything for you? <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be
2: surprised if Tannehill had a decent game because of game script. Okay. I really wouldn't. I mean, Andrew Luck has, has, you know, reestablished himself as an elite fantasy quarterback. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill gave you like 18 in this game. Mm-hmm. We've seen quarterbacks playing. It seems like the Colts play at home every week, right? It I mean, feels
1: that way, right? Every week they're at home, You're which like, is
2: great for me because right. I have luck in one of my leagues. But he, every week it seems like they're at home. They're, they're home again. Like 12 again. home games this year. It's it's insane. So, But no, I... I don't think I'm not telling you to start Ryan Tannehill. I'm just saying that I think based on the potential for this team to fall behind and the fact that Andrew Luck is probably going to serve the Dolphins uh, very cold turkey, let's put it that way. This is a this is a game where Tannehill could give you 250 and a couple of touchdowns, man. Now, I'm not telling you to start him. I'm saying he could give you a nice stat line because of the game script. I still don't love any of the wide receivers there. Danny Amendola is the only guy that I would have a little bit of faith in in PPR leagues because he's had a decent floor lately.
1: Right. I'm just looking. So I'm looking at next week's schedule. Right. Like if mm-hmm. if, if indeed Ryan Tannehill has a nice game against the Colts, and if everybody runs out to see if they want to start him, he's at home against the Bills the week after. I don't know. No.
2: No. Nah. Okay. I'm looking at it too. Then you got Patriots. Then right. you got Vikings, and then Jaguars. Yeah. No. So. No hey, I, listen, I'm in one of my leagues as a super flex league. I've seen him picked up. He's going to get started in some leagues. I think you may be pleasantly surprised by the number.
1: I legitimately kind of forgot that he was a thing until I saw the reports that he was coming back. You would
2: think that the <laughs> Dolphins are going to have to move on from him. <laughs> at some point, sooner right? Sooner rather than later. At some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Man. Um, so I was looking at the Colts offense and their ball distribution, the way they spread things around here, and it sort of struck me that they have kind of become – what the saints were a few years ago, right? Where you've got a quarterback and Andrew luck that, you know, you're starting every week, just like, you know, Drew Brees is the guy you're starting every week, but because of the way he spread the ball around, it's made it hard to consistently count on any of his pass catchers. Really, I mean, Eric Ebron leads the team in catches tied for second. T Y Hilton, not really a surprise. Mm-hmm. And Naheem Hines <laughs> is tied for, for second. Yeah. Early season. Yeah. And, um, that's just kind of wild that, that, there are no other Colts pass catchers that I can really count on. You know, we've tried nope. Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers. There's just really nobody there. Yeah, Rogers kind
2: of faded once TY came back, and Ryan Grant's been banged up. And I mean, even Ebron, like, you know, we talked about it on Monday. What we saw from him the previous week, and he scores three touchdowns, and oh my gosh, he's the greatest tight end in fantasy football. He's not running a lot of routes, he's not playing a lot of snaps. Right. So it wasn't a surprise that last week, the only time he touched the ball, was to throw throw it it? to Andrew Luck, which was a surprise, but he didn't get targeted in the game. And that's kind of what you have with Eric Ebron. He can give you some big stat lines, but his floor is also scary, scary low. I like Doyle in this game. Now, keep in mind, the the Dolphins have given up big games to Michael Roberts Mm -hmm. and Jordan Thomas at the tight end position. So I think Doyle has a nice game, but you're right. It's hard to trust anybody... Uh, that's, that's not T.Y. Hilton in that passing offense for the Colts. One player I do trust this week is Marlon Mack. Didn't love the matchup. He gave you a, a respectable 13 last week. Not bad. Got into the end zone. But the Dolphins are giving up right around five yards of rush and over 30 fantasy points a game. The running backs this season away from South Beach. So Mack is, is back in the good graces for me. All right. Um, Wait, what about what about what do we do with Kenyon Drake? I want to hear your thoughts uh, on Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore,
1: the guy that you love who live forever. He will live forever. Like, I don't know what to do about Kenyon Drake. I really don't. Like, I'm at the point where, like, I think Frank Gore is a decent flex because he's going to get tar- He's going to get opportunities. We know he's going to get those touches every single week. And so I, he's a guy that I would consider as a flex option. The only fear is. Is game script here? You talk about the game script working in favor of Ryan Tannehill. That means it works against Frank Gore. If they do have to throw the football a ton, suddenly you're not running it nearly as much. Suddenly Frank Gore doesn't have quite the the level of impact that he might have. So maybe maybe this game script sort of works in Kenyon Drake's favor. But even then, it, it just feels like when the Dolphins have to go into attack mode and throw the football a lot, that it just sort of cancels out their running backs altogether. So Kenyon Drake's a guy that I've started avoiding just because I just there's no rhyme or reason to how they use him in that offense. Yeah, I, I can't know. figure it out.
2: I know it, he, he is a he is a risk reward RB two flex every single
1: week. Just it's not it's it has nothing to do with with Kenyon Drake, right? I feel like it's like Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not. I mean, just Adam GaSe. Just I don't know. Has no consistency with how they use him. Uh, Steelers at Broncos. Big Ben, this is not a home road narrative. This is just more about the Broncos have sort of struggled against quarterbacks. Yeah. Do you stay with Ben this week? Yeah, I mean, I would.
2: I don't have him in my top eight, but he's a startable option. It's crazy how that whole thing is flipped. So in his last, what, four games – so last week we thought it was back on. Mm -hmm. He had negative fantasy points in the first half in Jacksonville and then went on to score over 22 in the second (laughs) half. Right. So his last, what, four games on the road, he's had 20, 25, 21, and 24. Now he's played some some bad defenses. But no, last year, if you asked me this question, Marcus, I said, hell no, I'm not playing Big Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) But right now – the Steelers it, need to keep winning games. The you you mentioned the Broncos defense, is, I mean, we're not looking at the no fly zone.
1: Yeah, it's it's not the same as it as it once was. Uh Philip Lindsay has been great for the Broncos this year, but the Steelers run defense, especially recently, has really started to clamp down. Do you trust Phil Lindsay? Heck yeah. Okay. Absolutely
2: do. Uh no question about that. He was among my starts last week, he will be among my starts this week. And you know, I get it like overall the Charger, uh, the Steelers' defense has been has been tough against the run, but let's look at the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, Thursday night football, McCaffrey has three. Right. Last week, Leonard Fournette, he's got two. So. Done. It's trending in the wrong direction, or it's the right direction if I
1: you mean, have Lindsey. Yeah, if you got Philip Lindsey, it's, mm-hmm. it's perfectly the right direction. Uh, Packers at Vikings. Uh, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling was a disappointment last week. Do you avoid him this week against the Vikings? I do.
2: I uh, don't like the matchup. And Randall Cobb uh, has returned to a limited practice. I'm not sure if he's coming back this week or not. Mm-hmm. But that that would also factor into the decision. But Um, not, not big on MVS this week. Uh,
1: Jimmy Graham says he wants to come back and play through his broken thumb. He hasn't been great when he had two healthy hands. I know. I don't know that I want to trust him with one
2: good. No, no. Even if he plays, man, like he, he's, he's played his way out of fantasy starting lineup. So even (laughs) if he does, like I played braid over him this week. Yeah, it just all day long. I'd, there, there's a bunch of tight ends I'd play over Jimmy Graham this week. I just don't trust him. I mean, hell, Jeff Hyrman might be a guy that I'd start over Jimmy Graham this week. This just continues to be one Vance of the Vance McDonald,
1: more, I know. One of the more head-scratching Vance from the year. I, yeah. just, I can't figure out what, what has gone wrong here. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins on paper has a really good matchup against the Packers, but Kirk Cousins has not really exploited some of the good matchups he's had in the past this year. So would you give him a start on Sunday night? Yeah,
2: I dig him. Um, I'm playing him over Russell Wilson in our league Okay. this week. And I remember back to week two, I believe it was had it was his best game. I think he had four 400 plus yards, um, four touchdowns. I would play him this week. I like him. I think he's he's a guy who can give you, you know, 20-plus points uh, easily this week in what should
1: be a high-scoring game. All right. Um, Texans, or Titans at Texans, rather, uh, channeling Drax from uh, Guardian <laughs> Galaxy. Why are the Titans? I mean, there's not. i can can't—you know, two weeks ago, they looked great. They beat the Patriots. Know. You know, Deion Lewis is talking trash and stuff. Last week, they looked awful in what was a big game for them in the division. Yep. I, I can't I can't make heads or tails of this off. It's like has it, it just caused me to generally stay away from everybody.
2: There's there's not anybody I, you're probably playing Deion Lewis in PPR. I mean Corey Davis, you want to talk about a guy who drives you nuts. Ugh. He looks like, you know, the the next coming of, of, of Terrell Owens one week and then the next week he's he's brutal. You just can't trust him. I don't like the matchup this week for, for CD, so I would keep him on the sidelines. No, there's, there's not a tight end you can trust. And you don't even know what the deal is with Mariota. Nope. And, and, and considering this is a Monday night game, he, he's basically unstartable, despite the fact that he's had 20 in two of his last three games. He's unstartable. I, I wouldn't play him anyways, even if he was healthy, because I'm thinking, you know, that, that, that Texas defense, how, what, how many games have they won now in a row? Like six it's, or seven? I mean, yeah. the, their defense is playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot to like when you're looking at that Titans offense from a fantasy perspective.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, and not not from a a fantasy issue, but that's a team we're not really talking about. Everybody talks about the Rams and the Chiefs and the Saints and, you know, what's wrong with the Eagles. Nobody's paying attention to the Houston Texans. Nobody. I know. They're 7-3, and um, you know, in a division that is certainly very winnable um and nobody's nobody's talking about him. they're just cruising along. Yeah. Um Deshaun Watson has had some good fantasy games recently, but he has not been over 250 yards passing in a while. Is this the week you think he tops 250?
2: Probably not. <laughs> Pro- I mean like, I mean the Titans there's a lot wrong with the Titans right now. You know, their defense, I, you know, I get it that they, they they've they've been uneven, but I mean overall this is a pretty tough defense. So I don't know that he's going over 250. W- for me, you know, Watson he had nine points last week, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's given you fewer than 11 in three of his last five. So he's kind of become one of those quarterbacks that has the massive upside, but he's been a bit hard to trust because the position is so deep. Uh, for example, I'm in a league where I have Watson. I drafted Watson thinking he'd be my QB one every single week, and I ended up getting Andrew Luck off the waiver wire after someone dropped him after week one, and Watson has not been on my on my roster since he uh, and I sat him for that huge game he had uh, where he had the five touchdowns. But it's been all Andrew Luck because Watson's just not performing uh, as well as I, I was. I was sort of hoping that he would. And this week, I'd say his I'd say his ceiling is probably right around 20, 25. Uh, and, and his floor is his floor could be as low as, you know, 10 to 12
1: points. I mean, you want more proof that that this thing can be you know fully unpredictable at times. Right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the QB one. People had a lot of people had Deshaun Watson as their QB two coming off the board. Yeah, right now Rodgers is the number nine QB. Deshaun Watson is number twelve. Mm-hmm. Just just to prove, just to, to show you that this thing, yeah, you know, it, hey folks, <laughs> it's
2: we do our best, but it ain't easy. Predict, it, it it ain't easy. Predicting the future is hard. I people. mean, Mitchell Trubisky's, you know been better i mean he's got more points he's Got th- more
1: points than rogers then
2: and luck yeah and rivers and cousins like, and wilson and watson and
1: brady predicting the future is hard
2: mm-hmm. so. it's a lot of fun to try
1: there it is so there it is those are week 12 preview uh best of luck starting on thursday so remember if you're listening to this on wednesday or very early thursday morning uh set your lineups make sure you get them in because yeah. uh, the games start uh in in just a little bit so uh eddie you have a delirious pick
3: for us. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm picking this one based off of uh, ugly quarterback controversy that I think would be a fun little spin on the NFL season in the end uh, as it wraps up here. Raiders and Ravens, obviously Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to say that after his running performance last week uh, versus Raiders team who's basically just quit every single game they played. He's gonna not only throw for 200 yards, he's gonna run for a buck fifty and Look score one, uh, one Woo. in the air, one on the ground. And then uh, Joe Flacco will be healed, and then they'll have a real problem on their hands, or <laughs> just at a really expensive backup.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, I like it. I like it. That's Although huge.
3: I will say this, though I'm not sure how much longer. I mean, your quarterback having 27 rush attempts. I don't know, I'm sure how long he'll be your quarterback. Yeah, that's uh, you probably for, want to avoid that. But for the time being. He'll get it this week, because the, right. the Raiders won't care to tackle him. So I, this is <laughs> one opportunity to actually uh, to succeed. I don't know if that they don't care to
1: tackle him. It's just that I don't think anyone on that roster
3: can catch him. I mean, very true. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think they can catch him. Yeah, especially after the stat that Graham gave, like that, like he had the uh, the most amount of 15 mile an hour right. plus runs. I mean, that's it's insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, they may try to catch and they just don't think they're physically
3: able to and it's not like he can't throw the ball either i mean we all watched him at louisville what he could do like he was just playing like you know street ball basically and just rolling around finding the open guy and he he could chuck it so i think lamar has a pretty massive game uh for the ravens this week right um
1: okay so as we get out of here uh just wanted, you know, it, it is Thanksgiving. It is the time of year for us to kind of, you know, sit back and and think think about all the things that that we are thankful for this season. So I don't know, I just wanted to go around the horn. You don't have to have anything prepared or any big speech, but uh, I mean, Eddie, is there? What are you thankful
3: for? This? Yeah, um, to keep an NFL base. Well, first of all, uh, super thankful to be working here uh, with you guys on fantasy this season. Uh, increased role here at the NFL. Uh, it's been a blast. It's you deserve it, pal. Too. You're doing a great Thank job. Thank you. It's been a, been a lot of fun this year uh, to do it twice a week with you guys. But um, what I'm thankful in terms of NFL actually was just happened was Monday night. Uh, <laughs> me being at that game and attending that game, uh, and just a weird turn of events of it being you know supposed to be in Mexico and and then they moved it to the Coliseum just being on the turf on the field uh, as that game ended to somehow be in the corner end zone where the Rams got their game winning touchdown and just to experience that whole um, the vibe there, the electricity in that field it really did feel like almost the Super Bowl. Like I don't even I don't know if any game I could go to I'll have the access or will it live up to the hype of of what we saw of the score being fifty four to fifty one <laughs> with some of the greatest players of the generation, seeing Donald and Mahomes what he could do. I mean that was uh that was awesome and they're not even teams I root for but I still had you know I had a a super great time there. Like the, the the, the hair on my arms was like raised just hearing everyone uh, screaming and, and throwing their towels around. It was, it was really, really cool.
1: Yeah. No, that was a, I'm sure that was a great time to be there. Cause even just watching it on, on TV was just amazing. So uh, I can only imagine what being there was like. Uh, Fabs, what do you got?
2: Well, uh, first off, thankful for you know my, my family back home in Connecticut. Um, my girlfriend, Anna, who consistently deals with my crap, <laughs> uh, including watching a lot of football. During this time of the season and my boy, Matthew, who I love, um, thankful to work with some great people here, you know, like like yourself, Marcus uh, money, the guys on TV, Akbar, you know, rank uh, just always a pleasure to come in and do that. Um, Thankful to be doing what I do. I talk about fake football for a living. Right. All right. That's what I do. Eddie, I talk for for, you know. Hours upon hours about fake football.
3: You do a good job at it. And I
2: try. <laughs> I try like hell, man. I try like hell. Some people on Twitter might disagree with you, um, but um, you know. I, and I'm thankful to the people out there who reach out and, and tell me that that I have helped them because that is what I'm most thankful for. Because that's what I'm here to do. I want to help people. And um, uh, more importantly, well, I'm thankful that the Cowboys are actually back in the in the playoff hunt. I'm thankful that the Yankees just traded for James Paxton. But the thing that I'm most thankful for is that I got tomorrow off. This is the first week since August that I have two days off in the same week. So I'm very thankful for that (laughs) because I'm burnt, man, and I need it. And, I, again, oh. thankful for all, for all you guys, too. And I hope you all have a great holiday.
1: Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I definitely, you know, it, it is amazing to me that I get to do this job. Um, I think, what is it, my, my Twitter profile basically says, uh, you know, I get, I get paid to talk about fake football. America is weird. Uh, Marcus
2: should be thankful to Montario Hardesty.
1: You know, Montario Hardesty, thanks, man, because I wouldn't have this gig without, without Montario <laughs> Hardesty. It's a long, sorted, it's yes. a long, twisted tale. One day, uh, if you guys buy me a beer, I'll tell you all yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess from a, a cheesy, you know, Cheesy standpoint. I'm thankful that USC just has one more football game left this year because it's been <laughs> a rough ride. Uh, I know, Eddie, you will probably be at the Coliseum, I would guess, on Saturday watching them in Notre Dame. Uh, I am indeed going. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to you then. Uh, don't. I mean, if you guys lose this one, you don't deserve to be in the playoff. I'm no, just saying.
3: I, I agree. I think it could be a, a trap game though, and you're making the team travel out west. Uh, but uh, I hope things go according to plan. So. Yeah.
1: So, uh, but yeah, I'm thankful that they only have one more game, and I can just be rid of this football, this college football season. Um, more importantly though, I really am just thankful for all you guys out there who listen to this podcast man like who listen to the podcast who read what we do who watch the tv shows you know every once in a while you know it's somebody will come up to me and tell me that they watch the show and that it helps them and they like it and i I, when i i appreciate you guys doing that i still think it's weird that in a you know uh in a giant country with millions of people that you know somehow somebody will just run into me somewhere that watches the show but uh i'm grateful for it man and i i thank you all for doing it and i hope you guys keep doing it and uh yeah just uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving enjoy your friends your family enjoy this time you guys have wherever it is because uh, you know it's special it comes and goes and, and once it's gone that's that's pretty much it so uh, that'll do it for us thank you as always for listening and always remember that if nothing else you can be thankful that you're not a turkey this year <laughs> see you on Monday